A quick disclaimer, the thoughts and opinions expressed on the Doored Up podcast are strictly those of the hosts and guests of the show and do not reflect official policies or viewpoints of any law enforcement, government, or public service entity, nor is the Doored Up podcast officially affiliated with said agencies. The Doored Up podcast contains mostly true stories told by the law enforcement officers, firefighters, emergency medical services personnel, military veterans, and first responders who lived through them. Some names and details may have been changed to protect the anonymity of persons involved. Realize that some listeners may be familiar with these stories, and we would encourage them to refrain from commenting with any clarifying details that might violate that anonymity. Listener discretion is advised. Hey everybody, welcome back. It's Drew on the Doored Up Podcast. Appreciate everybody giving me uh, some comments and good feedback on that mindset episode from episode 12. I really love that. So deep down from my heart, I love you guys. Thank you for that. Uh, This is episode 13. We're calling it Distracted. I got a call from Snake a couple weeks ago that he was in town and wanted to sit down and do another episode. So I called Shannon. He came over and we talked about everything but law enforcement, military, first responder work, and all the heavy shit that we have to deal with every day. Talked about movies, talked about books, talked about sci-fi and shitty 80s action movies. Uh, everything aside from what you're coming to this podcast to listen to. So if you're looking for specific content geared towards law enforcement and all that, you're going to have to wait for another one because this one's just us being distracted. Hope you guys like it. Buckle up. Yeah, well, we didn't... Bullshit episode. We didn't... Uh, like, you've been introduced... You know, I feel like anyone who listened to that hopefully gets a good feel for who you are. Yeah, absolutely. So I, I like shooting from the hip a little better. It tends to be more natural and gets a better reaction. Granted, it takes a bit more editing sometimes because <laughs> <laughs> there's a lot of shit that I'm like, ooh, that does not need, that's not for public consumption. And that, yeah, it is what it is. Yeah, so let's see. Shooting from the hip. I went home with, uh, or for lunch the other day and, uh, sat down and watched uh, Red Heat with my son. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, because he's a big Arnold fan. Oh, yeah. And I'm like, here's an Arnold movie you haven't seen. And I had the bright idea we'd watch it as a funny movie for a family night. And, yeah, there's funny parts in it. But as we started watching it, I shut it off on the weekend. And then when I came back during the week off on my lunch break, <laughs> like, let's watch this. Because it, it, it was just... It, Mom and sister were out, so right. We were watching it. I'm like, you know, this is good that your mom and sister aren't here. <laughs> yeah, they, yeah. They, they'd get a little distressed, but <laughs> you I know, like, I like Raw Deal. I think that's it's bad. So it's under streaming. the radar. It's streaming. It yeah. was when it first came out. I was like, this is a great Arnold movie. Like, who's nobody's paying attention to this? Like, it was either right before, or right after Commando, and everybody yeah, was in on Commando. I'm like this. Rod Deal's actually a really good Arnold movie. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I've, I've got a copy right up there, and then it's it's streaming again on, uh, I can't remember where it's streaming, but the boys saw it, and they're like, Dad, it's an Arnold movie. We need to watch it. And I'm like, eh, I might need to revisit that before <laughs> before I let you guys jump into it, because I can't remember everything that happens in that there one. Yeah. Be, there might be some boobies. Yeah. Yeah, and there was, I remember, you know, as a kid and going in the video rental store, and, you know, there'd be all those, you know, by genre or basically by action flick. Yeah. You know, there it was, Raw Deal, Commando, Predator, you know, all 
all, all that all that staple that we grew up with. Yeah. Yeah, so I were watching it, and I get to this scene where Jim Belushi and Arnold are interrogating Brian James. Yeah. And I'm like, son, you see that uh, you see that guy that He's beating the crap out of right now. He, he's he's one of the best character actors from the eighties and nineties. He's been in a lot of stuff. Well, like, he's one of those actors that they did that whole documentary movie. Like that guy that's in that thing. Yeah. You know, like I can't remember his name, but he's that actor. He's that guy that's in that movie. You know, he plays X Y Z. But you know, he he was in Blade Runner. He was in Steel Dawn. There's an obscure Who? Brian James. He, he he passed away a few years back. I can't even remember which one he is. He yeah, show me his picture. Oh yeah, Heart Attack. Yeah, but which he one was in the Fifth Element? He was oh Tango yeah, for Cash. sure. Okay, huh. yep, yep. Just is this is this part of the test? What, what's, yep. a, what's a Blade what's Runner a turtle? Or what's a tortoise? A tortoise. It's like a turtle. You I'm know what a turtle is, right? My mother. <laughs> Let me tell you about my mother. That's so. We started my oldest. Like obviously, he's very well versed in my obscure eighties, late eighties, early nineties action sci-fi. Seventy-four movies. 174 movies. Damn. That's a lot. Starting when? Had to be in the early 80s. Hold on. Uh, like maybe 70s? No. Uh, let's see. 74. He was in the Waltons in 74. Played <laughs> Henry Ferris Jr. <laughs> we I don't, we spend a lot of time. I'm my uh, prestige worldwide. Is that better? Yeah. Okay. And then we have Gunsmoke. A lot of 70s. Yeah. That's, um. Oh, he played a slaver in Roots. You know? I've I've never watched <laughs> Roots. Know? Ever. What's his name? Like the whole thing. The Roots. Um, Kunta Kinte? LeVar Burton. Yeah. yeah. I had no idea. Yeah. Yeah. From Reading Rainbow? Yeah, or yeah. from Star Trek, right? Yeah. Next Generation. Oh, my Played son Jordy. said something about LeVar Burton was cute, and I'm like, what? I, I'm IMDBing as we speak. Right. Because <laughs> there's another guy that I was thinking of. The Rockford Files. That came up. Um, another obscure character actor. Yeah, so well, we were, uh, so Snake sent out a movie review. We were just talking about it upstairs. Uh, the It's like this guy, was, who's the guy on YouTube, the channel? Oh, uh, Brendan Tenold's cult movie reviews. Yeah, so he did a review of this movie called Split Second with Ruger Hauger, Rutger Hauer from like 1992, 91, 92. Uh, yeah, like mid-90s. By, by all standards, it's just this horrible, you know, shitty action movie. And I was watching the review because I love that movie. I've seen it a dozen times. It's one of my favorite, like, you know, <laughs> rewritten seven times in the middle of the movie type of like shitty action sci-fi but pete postal weight isn't yep. it and i yeah. had that's how i was just looking up because i was like man who's that guy like he's been in a ton of movies he's been in oh yeah oh the um yeah the florist from the, the town yes he was he the was florist he was in alien, alien 3. three yeah he was in uh he played, jurassic park he played uh the not the first one but uh he played uh the hunter yeah a hunter with the raptors they come up all oh, Comes up on the side of no, him. that was that, that was, a, was different a different guy actor. That was the first movie. It was the I want to say the third one. Yeah, and the third one back, he was when the... they go to Isla Nubar and mm-hmm. Jurassic Park three. He's oh, the, the the lead hunter guy. The uh, nets over the valley to yeah for the birds. Yeah. But he played Father Lawrence in the in the Romeo and Juliet remake with oh, yes. Leonardo DiCaprio. Right. 
like just a great i think he's like theater trained oh yeah you know one of those guys that just kind of slipped through the cracks from the from the 60s and 70s into obscure movies in the well, 80s a and lot 90s of those, a lot of those guys were the royal shakespeare theater company right alumni if that's mm-hmm. what you want to call them like him uh patrick stewart christopher Plummer. You know, Richard Harris. Didn't Gary Oldman, like, come out of that same yeah, probably. school? There's another guy. Holy shit, so many movies. Like, especially in the last probably 15 years. Like, he's cranked out so many movies. Does so many different roles. Oh, yeah. And that, just, like, that, an that unbelievable actor. Got range. I mean. His character in The Fifth Element with his haircut. <laughs> yeah. Mr. Mr. Zorg. Yeah. That's <laughs> what all these, like, women with the... The half shaved head haircut. Yeah. That's what it reminds me of. And then uh, he, uh, for me, I know it was uh, Dracula that put him on the map. Uh, I would say the professional was probably well, my first. Dracula like, came before the professional. Sure, but, yeah, I, but I didn't I didn't get to watch that. You know, I didn't yeah. watch Bram Stoker's Dracula till May, maybe this year. Oh, oh really? really? I've never seen it before. It's pretty good. It's all right. Keanu. Maybe I mean, if I, I like been, it. maybe if I would have been like much younger, but I was like really hyped, like, all right, I've never seen it. I'm gonna hunker down and watch this supposedly classic. And then I was just like, All right, so they go, then they go back to London, then they go back to Transylvania, then they go back, <laughs> then they go back. Like they spent like six years of the time frame of this movie traveling by <laughs> boat and train. Yeah. <laughs> but that's how the book was written. I right. I read the actually I read the book when uh on our Iraq deployment no four nice i uh i read the condensed version as a kid you know like a really well they only travel twice and edited <laughs> version yeah it, like cuts out a lot of shit and i also we had they're still at my mom's house they're like little tiny i mean kid-friendly sized you know books and they have illustrations but the uh i remember reading sherlock holmes and the the baskerville hounds there was a version of that in there and i have since started listening to uh, like at night, I'll listen to, there's some guys on this app that I use that do a lot of Sherlock Holmes short stories. And like, I didn't realize how good that shit was until I've I never went back and started Sherlock listening Holmes. to it. It's definitely got, like if you watch the movies with Robert Downey Jr., right? it nails the language. You know, the Guy Ritchie Sherlock Holmes movies, it nails the, you know, the personality and the way that he speaks. Talking about Holmes, like, He's fucking crazy. The guy is literally insane. And he's hopped up on fucking cocaine right. <laughs> like, pretty much the whole way through all of the stories. Well, I've watched a series that was on Netflix with Benedict Cumberbatch. I haven't watched it. It's really good until like maybe the last season they get a little bit out there. It's got some, that's the one where Martin Freeman plays Watson, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm really curious. I'd like to watch it. I haven't, it's the on my list. The seasons really, and each episode is really long, like an hour and a half. Yeah. It's like little movies. And then, Oh, I don't know what happened. Maybe there was a writer strike or something. <laughs> Lost the writer. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It just kind of went a little bit too far one like storyline. Yeah. That's I'm I've got so there's a couple different ways that I watch TV. I watch series like I watch stuff in the morning when I'm getting ready for work. I watch stuff when I come home on my lunch break sometimes. Um, but I started chipping away through Seinfeld because it was on yeah. Hulu and I was like, "Man, I hated that show as a kid because I just didn't understand it. It wasn't funny to a kid. But as an adult, that show is fucking hilarious, and I love it. Oh, hell yeah. So I was chipping through it, and then, 
like I'm just starting the last season and I get the notification like, hey, we're taking this off Hulu in a week. Oh, you got to burn through. So I'm like, oh, fuck, like trying to burn through a whole, you know, 24 episode season of Seinfeld in a week and I didn't get it done. So I missed like the last four episodes. So then I was hunting back through. I was like, man, there's like a ton of shows that just content saturation. I remember when you first talked me into getting on Netflix. I was like, there's a lot of stuff on here, but I can like keep my list fairly organized. And now it's to the point where there's so many streaming platforms and so much content that I have a hard time finishing anything. So I went back and was like, okay, I'm going to go through my Netflix and find a show that I started and never finished. And I came back to Z Nation because I love Z Nation. It's a sci-fi original show. And for all the things that The Walking Dead is, Z Nation is the exact opposite. Like, it embraces what it is. It makes fun of itself for being like a campy, cheesy, right? you know, zombie show. Like, there's some serious shit in it, but, like, it's way more entertaining to me than The Walking Dead, which I've never finished. I got, I think, six seasons into and just was like, this is too much drama and fucking character development. I want to see people killing zombies. So that's why I came here and just lost track. But Z Nation has brought me back. And then they did, Netflix did a spinoff that's like a prequel series called Black Summer. That I haven't got to so yet. So I started watching Black Summer a couple of years ago when it first came out. Over Drill Weekend, we just let it play. Yeah. I really think, like, I didn't realize that was a prequel, but uh-huh. it seems to be a prequel done with a little bit better budget. Yeah. It, a lot better Well, budget. it's Netflix money, you know. So I started it. I never finished it. It's on my list to get back into. Yeah. Yeah, there's two. So I have C... That's on Apple. Yeah. Like The Servant, which I watched season one. I started season two on Apple TV. There's like four or five, but that's the last thing. It doesn't pop up when I hit my my channel indexing on the bottom yeah. of my TV. It doesn't pop up. I have to go. I have to use a different to remote search. to get oh, to okay. it. I got to I go through like the fire stick to get to it. Yeah. I forget. Oh, yeah. We're watching that. I haven't watched an episode of that in like two months. Yeah. Shit. That's like... I keep forgetting, like, The Handmaid's Tale. I don't know if you guys are into that. Oh, like, my wife is. I, I, got, it. I got really into it. I don't know. Well, it's beautifully shot. It's very good as far as the cinematic appearance of the show. The content is kind of rough. It's hard shit to, you know. Right. Dinosopia. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I got into it. And then, of course, the, the final season of Bosch is on, and I'm... Like, I need to watch that. I have that. Uh, that's okay. That's on my prime. Yeah. My list on that's my prime, original. prime. So I'm very slowly working through that, but they're spinning that off too into a new show. Cause I think he's going to retire at the end of the season. I haven't watched it. If you have seen it, don't fucking comment at me. <laughs> I haven't <laughs> seen the end of the season yet. Don't fucking spoil it. I'll find you. Cause Harry Bosch, like I've talked about it all the time. That character of uh, man, the books and the show, I have latched onto that as something like something to aspire to be in my career as a detective and as an investigator. Like, holy shit, man, that guy's awesome. Well, you got to go be a Green Beret first. He wasn't Green Beret. <laughs> he was a tunnel rat. In the show, it, in the show, he's a Green Beret. But in the books, he was a Vietnam 25th ID tunnel rat. Yeah, well, that's that's plenty. Which tough is enough. which is fucking worse, if you ask me. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but then, they, I mean, because like, he's been writing those books since the early 90s. I think the first ones came out, like he talks about Desert Storm in the first mm-hmm. book in the Black Echo, which is talking about, you know, Black Echo is a reference to them being in the tunnels, you know? Yeah. 
like being in the fucking dark, no flashlight, like just go in with a 45 and kill whatever moves. Old tropic lightning. Yeah, that's crazy shit. That's a job that, uh, Charlie put some shitty booby traps in those holes. Yeah, for sure. I just, I always remember like the scene from Forrest Gump. Gump, <laughs> get in that hole. <laughs> Worthy fucking that. adversary, dude. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I'm introducing my oldest to the more, the grittier, more realistic war movies. We haven't made it to Platoon yet. Oh, like, wow. we haven't really chipped through NOM movies. Like, we watched We Were Soldiers, but, you know, obviously the stuff on the list is Hamburger Hill, Platoon. Like, I think I'll wait a little while till I get him into Apocalypse Now. <laughs> yeah. Or Full Metal Jacket. Yeah. Well, my, my kids, they had a question. They were like, they asked me what napalm was. It sticks to kids. Yeah. Well, we didn't. We didn't <laughs> I didn't let them see the, saw, the music video for that. Yeah. But I'm like, all right, napalm, it's a, basically it's jellified gasoline that's put into a bomb. I'll pull up some videos so you can see what it looks like. You right. Know? Found some old, you know, some footage from. Like F-86 Nom. Sabres dropping napalm. Yeah. And napalm and Willie Pete. And, and I said, you see all those little white smokelets coming out of there? That's white phosphorus. That's just as bad as the napalm. Yeah. If not uh, worse. But. That's what it is. That's what it looks like. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like, it's it's bad news. <laughs> I feel like that's a pretty accurate representation of a lot of some of that stuff from what I know. Granted, I wasn't there. It was way before my time. But yeah. also going through, like, he watched Band of Brothers. He watched Saving Private Ryan. We watched that on D-Day. It was the first time he'd seen that just here a month ago. And uh, he was, you know, by the time we get to the end of the movie... He just had that look that, you know, we've all had when we watched that movie the first time. Like, holy shit. I was like, yeah, from what I understand it to be, that's pretty real. And then uh, we're chipping through the Pacific right now. But there's way more sex in the Pacific than I, re- <laughs> than I remember <laughs> I being remember in there that. the first time when you're watching it with your 11-year-old kid. And he's, like, clearly uncomfortable. Like, oh, let me fast forward through that. Sorry. I don't remember any sex. Yeah. So, so when it's when they... Have that leave block after, oh, what's the first island that they landed on? I can't remember. Um, and I just finished Dan Carlin's Hardcore History yeah. of the Supernova in the East. Yeah, like, that, if, that was a I've good Holy shit. If you guys, if you you're still a, have a, you, that's not done, is it? Yeah, it's done, that one. That was the last episode. Was it, it was five and a half hours long. I know, but it was also like the fourth or fifth episode. Yeah, there was. Like no, I think it was six. Six. It was been out for a long time. I know I listened to it. Unless I missed one, I thought I still had one left. Yeah, that's talk about a detour. I'm going to detour on that. Like, if you're a history buff in any way, shape, or form, and you're not listening to Dan Carlin's Hardcore History, you're missing out. That dude does such a deep dive every single one of his series, and it takes a year to two years for him to work through the bigger series. Each episode is usually about three hours long like you did blueprint for armageddon which was the world war stuff one. about world war one and that one blew my mind that talking one. about the psalm and everything else and oh the amount of artillery shells holy shit in in just from like seven in the morning till 11 before they take a break in the afternoon and yeah. millions of rounds how yeah literally millions you of just rounds laid of on the ground and curl up in a ball because you couldn't do anything yeah no wonder all those dudes went crazy Oh, and then yeah. every time hardcore history he pulls them off like 
say like Apple. Yeah. I've, I've probably spent about 80 bucks buying all of his stuff. So I have it all on. Yeah. You can go to his website and down yeah. buy his episodes, which yeah. are amazing. I, uh, Death Rose of the Republic about Julius Caesar and that yeah. whole era. I, I had no idea. You know, when I grew up with Julius Caesar, it was like Dom DeLuise. Yeah. Right. <laughs> or like I picked feathers and puking up food. I, I I never until I listened to that had no idea that Julius Caesar was actually really a badass. Yeah, because he's oh. not portrayed that way in all the funny movies I watched in the eighties. Yeah, what was the they did? I think two or three series on Rome, um, but he did one that was he did the Punic Wars. Yeah. And then after that, he did the Death Throes of the Republic. I think it's like four or five episodes. The The things that they did, the Romans did to Carthage was pretty, pretty amazing. And then he did one about the Persians. Yep. Well, you know, you talk about the sacking of Carthage. It was mentioned in the novel Starship Troopers. Oh, yeah. When, when Johnny's, not in the movie, they changed it in the movie for, to make it a little more contemporary. But... Old Johnny Rico is sitting there in his class with uh, Mr. Ratchak, and they're having a conversation about what does violence solve. And someone piped up, well, violence doesn't solve anything. And then he goes, Mr. Rico, what do you think the city fathers of Carthage would say? <laughs> well, they wouldn't say anything. Carthage was destroyed. Yeah. I'd say violence solved that problem, you know. <laughs> yeah. Essentially, I'm paraphrasing, but, you know. And yep. then the movie, they changed it. Well, what would the city fathers of Hiroshima say? Right. Uh, uh, nothing. They were uh, vaporized. So, King of Kings was the the Persians okay. about right. oh. Xerxes and yeah. the rise and fall of the Persian Empire. And then he did a Blitz episode called the Celtic Holocaust. Yes. And that one was... Like talking about Rome, Rome and going to the, going to England. Yep, up into Gaul and then Germany, all the Germanic tribes and shit. That one's like, yeah. My and then obviously, Painfotainment was one of my favorite Blitz. So he'll do Blitz episodes where it's just one a one off episode. Uh, Painfotainment was about torture sport, basically. Yeah, how it has evolved into torture porn, which is you know the Saw movies and shit like that, and how people, you know, seek some sort of sexual gratification through watching. Essentially, people get killed and torture, and how it's become an industry. And back in the Roman, the the quintessential Roman spectacle. And he goes so deep and talks about shit that I'm like, man, I would have never even thought no, about that. That, that, that painfotainment one was it was pretty crazy, you know. And he, he just he goes into, well, what do you suppose the home life of the village executioner was like? Yeah, and they talked. Know? So he talked oh, about yeah, that yeah. because he had you know, and he goes back and he finds these historical accounts. And that's like one of my favorite things. Like I want to get like a Dan Carlin t-shirt that just says quote. And then he stops and his voice completely changes when he's reading from a quoted text. Oh, yeah. Like the guy's his delivery is unbelievable. But I can't imagine the editing time that goes into his episodes. So Supernova Supernova in the East, which is the rise of the uh, Japanese Empire. Six episodes long. Six episodes. No less than three and a half hours per episode. Yep. And the first episode came out in July of 2018, and he just finished it. Like, he takes months and months and months to do the research on these episodes and does them justice. It's just an unbelievable show. If you guys aren't listening to it, like, big props to Dan Carlin. No, my, my favorite one that he does is about Munster, Germany. Now I, Oh, yeah. I just had it on the tip of my tongue, and then I go to bring it up, and then I forgot it. Yeah. So right now he's only got 12 episodes on, on Apple. Is it Prophets of Doom? 
I think so. Where the, yeah, he talks about like the anti-Baptists taking over months of Germany. Yep. That's a good, that's four and a half hours. Yeah. And if the first hour, he's just laying out like characters and why it even happened before he even gets into the whole story. Yeah. Yeah. Just, man, probably one of my favorite podcasts, like top, top three is, is that one. And it's worth the wait. Cause every time you're like, man, I don't want to finish this episode. Cause I know it's going to be six months or three months before <laughs> I get another series started from him, but they're always worth it every time. <laughs> that and then i i've branched off into so i only have s- number five this is the last one i listened to oh well there's so a new episode i didn't realize there's a new episode and i don't the- have it on automatic download so oh fail so so you talk about <laughs> religious reformation in uh, in germany <laughs> you should uh you should check out the deleted skit from uh monty python's the meaning of life that's <laughs> The Adventures of Martin Luther. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I've shown that to many of my Catholic friends. (laughs) They're just like, oh, my God. (laughs) That's awful. (laughs) I've never watched it. I just want to come in and look at the spoons. Uh, uh, There's a guy on Instagram that I follow that it's called, his page is called From the Gun Counter. And he obviously is a guy that, Deals with a lot of stupid people in firearm sales, like we all do. And uh, he used to do for a long time. He called it Martin Luther Mondays. <laughs> so he takes that meme of Martin Luther, like hammering the, you know, uh, the Magna Carta to the door of the church. Yeah. And uh, was it the Magna Carta? No. Oh, the Magna Carta was the the Great God, Charter. I just for made myself England, sound like a fucking idiot. Outlying basic human rights. Right. It wasn't the Magna Carta. But what was it? Like Luther's tenants or something like I the can't tenets remember. of Martin Luther. Well, so if I only had something in my hand, it's uh, <laughs> right. So it's always like he'll do a dozen of them, and it's always like, you know, he's Martin Luther, and the customers are the people in the crowd, and uh, he's like hammering, you know, shit up onto the wall of the church. Some of them are fucking hilarious. Like this one, it says. The guns in the Tomorrow War made me irrationally angry. <laughs> like, if you haven't watched the Tomorrow War, it was like, I want I want a rifle that'll kill aliens. Okay, well, like, how about, you know, something in a 7.62 or 30 caliber variety? No, I'm going to take a 5.56. Okay. Well, we need to optimize your performance of that round. So let's maybe 14, 12 to 14 inch barrel, you know, up to maybe 16 to 18. And like, no, I want a 7.5 inch barrel. Okay, well, that's perfect. We can put a suppressor on. Like, no, I want like the biggest, like most obnoxious muzzle flash off that weapon that I can possibly get. Okay, perfect. And throw the dimmest flashlight that's ever been manufactured on there as well. <laughs> like <laughs> shit, like that. Yeah. So, talking about optimizing ammo, <laughs> I've had an infestation of raccoons out on my property, mm. and I've blasted four of them out of trees, <laughs> but. First two I got, I just, I went out there with my, uh, basically it's an M4, yeah. you know, set up just like my SOCOM rifle was. And so I go out there, you know, I got, got a CCO on it and weapon light. And my son said, there's raccoons out there, dad. So I went out there and I look up in the tree because the dogs at the yard fence looking at the tree, <laughs> yeah. growling and barking. So I go out there and there's two sets of eyes staring back at me. So, so I blast them. Well, I, I just had green tips loaded in there. Yeah. So 
I had to go finish them off when they fell to the ground. Because <laughs> it just zipped right through yeah, them. Yeah, because it just, that, that ammo just sails right through them. So then uh, the other night, there was two more. We've caught two more. Well, I've had some uh, some frangible ammo mm. s- secreted away. Yeah. Like, oh, I'll go use this. I went and hit them two things. It was <laughs> just like, whack, Fucking whack. exploded. <laughs> and they were done. I still got, like, a whole fucking shelf of that shitty 42-grain frangible ammo that they gave us when we were all at the Academy. I have a ton of that left. Both Me too. Calibers. And it was like that shit was so terrible, so dirty, and it would keyhole at like seven yards. So oh, if you're yeah. like, it was, let me let me explain for the people that might not understand what that means. Like it's so ballistically insuperior that this round will start tumbling and enter a target, literally going sideways at seven, you know, seven to fifteen yards. Hair on the target is long. Yeah, like you'd have literally a bullet shaped. I mean, it just looks like the side of a projectile if you just, like, set it down, laid it down on the target flat, and just smashed it. Yeah, it was like somebody took a copper crayola of crayon and just <laughs> covered every bit of the inside of your rifle with yeah. it. Yeah, but I've probably got 600 grand. Because I have, like, people were getting rid of it, and I'm like, well, if you don't want it, I'll take yeah, it. I like, ammo's ammo. Like, I'll t- like, if I need it, I can still shoot somebody with it. Plus, Drew and I didn't really have to do a lot of practice. <laughs> So yeah. it really saved us a lot of ammo. Oh, yeah. That's true. There was a lot of, you know. Same right. thing like when you went to basic training, you know, in the Army. There's people there that they've never seen a gun. That blew my mind. Like, I guess, lucky oh, yeah. we're from the conservative West, and we've all been handling firearms since we were young children. It's just been a normal part of our lives. But I remember people being like, how do you not understand how this works? I just couldn't put myself in their in their mindset to to I, I to get it. If, if either of my children go to enter the service, they're going to have BRM. Yeah, it's gonna, it's going to be a cakewalk for them. Yeah, that's we don't do as much shooting as we should, but my my kids have a healthy understanding of the basics and oh yeah, they can hit something if they need to. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I have no idea where we were going with any of that. Oh, <laughs> anyway, we, we were talking raccoons. about how horrific napalm is. <laughs> so we started there. That's, that was to, 20, uh, 27 minutes ago. Got, got to Martin Luther, yeah. went to frangible ammo. Somehow we connected napalm with Catholic <laughs> yeah, Church. Talking with, with theater-trained actors and <sighs> somehow wound up, touched on the catechism and everything else in between. That's, that's right. I got your... Uh, <laughs> I got your six degrees to Kevin everything right here. <laughs> so when we were, my deploy, my second deployment in 09, we were running convoys. And we would just be fucking bored off of our asses. Like, you're talking amongst yourselves. There's three guys in the truck. And um, then I had, I had like three different teams over the course of that deployment. But we had a, like a squad net. And so we would all just get to chatting back and forth. And one day the six degrees from Kevin Bacon game came up (laughs) and I was like, all right, I'll show you guys how this works. You know, like, so I started giving them, you know, like just give me an actor. And so I would chart it out on the windshield of my Humvee with a grease pen and we're in a dry erase marker either or. And so then it got to the point where it was like any two actors, like, and it didn't have to be like, there's no, there's no number of degrees of separation in that game say Sean Connery and you know some other actor and then you just connect them through and I had like flow charts on my on my windshield and I would go through like okay that one's gonna take me a minute hang on and then I'd be like okay 
Sean Connery was in this movie with so-and-so who's in this movie with so-and-so. You just go down the chain connect it back and like we killed hours and hours and hours of time on the road on convoys just doing that shit and then like oh yeah we just passed checkpoint four (laughs) 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 that important shit but it was it was always a good time it got a little boring for some people that weren't movie buffs like like i am oh yeah but i enjoyed that game yeah like me you uh, you retain a bunch of useless crap. That's I'm yeah. like, man, if I could literally, if I could go through my brain and just sweep out all of this useless shit, that I'm like, why do I hang on to that? Why do I know that? I, I don't know why to, I, I do because it makes that. me feel good when I <laughs> no. when I quote a random movie line, whether it's to myself <laughs> or someone who doesn't even understand what I'm talking about. It's <laughs> like so because I'm here in town, you know, helping my wife with a little art show, craft mm-hmm. fair thing, and. Uh, the first half of what she said, my mind was already going somewhere else. <laughs> right. <laughs> and, <laughs> but, you know, I, I kept my trap shut because where my mind was going was, you know, default mode to be inappropriate. Right. Offensive in whichever way possible. <laughs> That's, I don't know. I, I found that I like to, I like to go back and watch those old movies. Me too. Because it, it kind of makes me feel... Feel like a little kid again. It does. But at the same time, like, there's so many aspects of those movies that you don't, you couldn't even comprehend, even begin to understand as a kid. Oh, yeah. And, like, I'll go back, especially, like, the old war movies and shit like that. Even the old black and whites. Mm-hmm. Like, I remember watching uh, Bridge Too Far when yeah. I was a kid and stuff in that movie that it was like, like, when are they going to get, why are they all, I hate all these scenes where they're just talking, like. All these guys just sitting around talking, you know, Robert Redford and Sean Connery and all these great actors. Like, this sucks. Get to the action scenes, you know? Like, when my dad would watch those movies on Encore, when he had Encore, when he was living in, you know, student housing in the early 90s, like, watching those movies. It's weird. So um, as an adult, then we just salivate over the next Tarantino movie so we can watch 20 minutes of dialogue between two people talking about random shit. And I still (laughs) haven't seen Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Neither have I. I haven't watched it yet. All right, you got two and a half hours of dialogue and random shit, then you got 20 minutes of payoff. Yeah. <laughs> it's a really good movie. It's, it's not, I mean, that's Tarantino in a nutshell, though. But this is like the most extreme. Okay. It's really, there's nothing. It's just a, a movie, but the payoff for putting up with two and a half hours of dialogue and setting the stage is, is pretty epic. Okay. I just, I have grown to really appreciate and like Leonardo DiCaprio in his, you know, the last several years of roles that he's picked. He does good work. Oh, yeah. Like, he's he's obviously got a good agent. He picks good roles. Obviously, all the shit that he did, you know, with, uh, God damn it, Christopher Nolan is good. If you watch Shutter Island. I just watched that a couple weeks ago. Shutter Island? Yeah. For the first time? No, second time. Okay. But- long long time between the two sure so i'm gonna tangent on that because the guy who wrote that book dennis lahane is the same guy that wrote um gone baby gone okay that's good which is actually a whole series of books about patrick kenzie that uh private Private eye Eye and his girlfriend angela Gennaro. phenomenal books and there's a there's a i got a whole stack of them over there and there's actually a sequel to gone baby gone um, called, I think it's the Midnight Mile. Um, so if you like that story, you like those characters, like 
they did a very good job. Ben Affleck directed Gone Baby Gone and did a phenomenal job, like embracing those characters. And that's that's what I love reading a book and then seeing the movie come out and being like, they did a good fucking job as opposed to like, they could have done better. So take The Town, for instance. That's based on a book called Prince of Thieves. Okay. Um, and, of course, Ben Affleck directed that movie, too. Changed the ending, I think, for the better from the book. But that's one of my, like, I love that. I love reading a book and having that, like, oh, yeah, I know what's going to happen. And then watch the movie and being like, this looks exactly like I pictured it in my mind. That's one of my favorite things on, like, good book-to-film transitions. Oh, yeah. And Shutter Island is no different. It's exactly, exactly like the book. Well, I don't understand why they just can't keep their hands off Stephen King yeah. books to movies. Like, Outsider was good, but why do you have to change things? I never read the book. The book is great. The show was fucking awesome. So, uh, yeah. book is even more awesomer. Yeah. and I'm uh, a huge Stephen King what fan. What else? We just like the uh, Mr. Mercedes series. Uh-huh. I just always like, why do you have to... Put your own personal spin on this story. Yeah. Don't, you like, you're not let, Stanley why, Kubrick. Why don't you just let this, just, it's right here. It's in the book. Right. Just read it. Like You don't have to do anything. You don't have you just to gotta, manipulate it. You don't have to put your own spin on it. Just, yeah. Just yeah, film Stephen King wrote it. It's twisted enough. Yeah. Right. <laughs> like, fucking Kubrick, like, royally fucked The Shining. If you've ever read the book, it's completely different than the movie. Oh, yeah. The, you know, the after made-for-TV adaptation was more true to the story, but obviously lame because there's shit that they had to, like, oh, this has to be rated PG for CBS, shit like that. But it's the same thing with, like, read The Stand. I have, I read that. Our deployment in 04, I read this, the full, like, unabridged version of The Stand with, like, an extra 1,200 pages. And then I read It. And... Those books, like, God, to have that shit rattling around rent-free in your head and to come up with those stories. Oh, yeah. Man, I love reading horror fiction, but it's like, God damn, dude, like, what do you got going on to have that come out of you? My mom loved reading Stephen King, Mm -hmm. but it was the one book she couldn't read. She's like, it gave me nightmares. Yeah. (laughs) I couldn't read it. It It's so long, and there's so much in it that after a while, I'm like, wait a minute. I just finished this book, and I, how do they kill Pennywise? Right. Like, I, what page does this start? I got to go back and read it. There's, right, it's so overwhelming. Yeah, it's almost like you, you got to start it over as soon as you finish it. Right, just because there's so much to it. I love his character development. Like, why is somebody scared of a spider? Right, he'll go into these long tangents, like two chapters later, and that's why she's scared of a spider. Yeah, and like Snake got me into the Dark Tower books. Yeah, and I, I have started them and. I, it took me three tries to finish The Gunslinger, just the first book, because I like I'll come and go with it, because it's like man, there's it's there's so much minute detail in there every is, Stephen yeah. King book. Drawing of the three that was, and then the, the drawing of the three was Wizards of Glass was my least favorite. It was still good, but it's it's my least favorite. It just pissed me off. Spoiler alert for any of you that haven't. Hey, it's been out for like <laughs> it's over been 20 out years. That haven't so read it. If it's been out for over 20 years, there's yeah. no spoiler alert. It's like that, that meme about. It pisses about. me off because like within the, fir- the first half of the first chapter, a freaking this giant lobster monster, monster comes out of the water and freaking chops Roland's hand. fingers Finger. off of his hand so he can't shoot right-handed anymore. Yeah. It's like. 
this is bullshit. <laughs> I after the first book where he was a veritable walking engine of death. <laughs> and he, he still is. When but, he literally killed a whole town. Yeah. And I haven't seen the movie. I haven't no. watched because I never finished the books. How do you, so it was how, like, how well, do you compress seven books that you are don't. So separate books themselves? You, you got to look at the movie as a continuation of the end of the series. Okay. So basically, the Roland's destined to walk into it in a time loop for yep. his whole life, and he, he does reach the dark tower, and he he goes through a doorway in the tower. And it plops him right back in the beginning again. Yeah, oh, fuck. <laughs> Fucking Stephen only, King. Like, oh, only, how do I end it? Oh, only I know. It's a little <laughs> different, you, you know. Something's a little different. Right. And and it's crazy because he he wrote that book in the 70s, late 70s. Mm-hmm. And it opens up. He's, Roland's walking through the desert. And, and he has, like, this moment of deja vu. And this is in the first book. Right. Well... It's like, I've been here before. Yep. And at the end of the last book, he's at that point where he's looking out across the desert and he's like, I feel like I've been here before. Yeah. And then, but to take that, like all of that stuff that he built with those, it was the seven books, right? Yeah. The Dark Tower series. Well, eight now, if you count the wind through the keyhole. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And then to, you know, weave that through all of his other stories. Because if you if you're yep. familiar with the Dark Tower series, you see touches of that in so much other Stephen King shit. Like well the stand it crosses over into the stand. It crosses yep. over into The Talisman. Uh, Talisman. Oh, what the hell is it? Uh Insomnia. Yeah. There's a bunch of them and like uh, such a volume of work, man. Uh, Salem's Lot. Salem's and, Lot was and, that was the first Stephen King book I ever read. And it scared the fuck out of me. The scene, like the part in the book where the the guy that works at the graveyard is like filling in the grave of the kid, the dead kid, and he's like he can see it in his mind of the kid laying in the coffin with his eyes open. That fucking terrified me. I was I don't know seventeen, eighteen years old, and I read that it was like up all night just sitting there with the lights on. Like, <laughs> oh, okay, that was too much for me today. Yeah. Hey. Maybe the, what is, what's the Long Walk in? One of the short series. Is that a Bachman, is that Richard Bachman books? The Long Walk? I think yeah, so. I love that story. It's great. But I think the f- one I remember the first from beginning to end was Misery. I used to lay in bed oh, like yeah. in high school at night and read that. That was. I remember. That's hard to go to sleep and not have weird dreams the rest of the night yeah. about being held captive. So. Getting hobbled. Yeah. <laughs> I may have been. Might have been stoned too. Laying in bed reading. <laughs> when I was in basic training. They let us go to the shop at one time. And they were like, okay. We're going to give you guys some privilege. You can use your money to buy yourself something. You know, because usually it was like you're going in there for hygiene shit. Yep. And that's it. Yep. We catch you with tobacco. We're going to fucking murder you. Uh, you're not allowed to buy any luxury items, anything that's going to entertain you. So dudes went in there, and they're buying, like, CD players and, you know, magazines and shit. And I grabbed a copy of From a Buick 8 by Stephen <laughs> King. And I would sit in my rack at night with my blankets pulled over me, reading my book with my old fucking crookneck flashlight. Yep. <laughs> Instead of sleeping like I should have been reading that. But I remember reading that in basic training, and I will forever like attach that story 
to all the pain and misery and fucking and angst that I had in basic training and how bad that sucked. But that's, I think that one's kind of Dark Tower related because it's, you know, there's essentially like a a portal to another dimension in the trunk of a Buick 8. <laughs> it's in, in rural Maine, you know, of course, like all of Stephen King's books. I read the first four in a row, back to back in Baghdad. Okay. I sat in that guard tower. Because we had that little library inside the Tomahawk Hotel. Yeah. Yep. And I, oh, The Hobbit. Oh, no, it was that. over at the uh, MWR. Well, no, we had a library in the yeah, Tomahawk. Because yeah, yeah. behind that was the secret stairway down to the basement, correct? Yeah. In that whole little area. I think we had yeah. a collection so, of books and yeah, stuff. Yeah, I think it so. was like a bookshelf. Oh, okay. Two big bookshelves. But if you went in, you know, you had to the right, and you had the stairs that went up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sleep. And so to the to the right, back in there somewhere, I think there was a meeting room, like where they have cubs or something. Yeah. There was a couple bookshelves, books. Okay. So I read The Hobbit, and then I read the first four of The Gunslinger just back to back to back to back. Yeah. And then I got through... I. End of Wizards and Glass, and each book kept getting longer and longer. Yeah, Wizard and Glass is awesome. It's a good one. Is that four? I think four. Yes, four. four. So because that was it. I was so burnt out. Yeah, I mean back to back over a course of a couple months. Right, four hundred, two hundred pages, three hundred seventy pages, four hundred ninety pages, six hundred eighty pages. Kept getting bigger, and I just was, I was so burnt out. By the time I ended that fourth book, I. I've never gone back. Yeah. Yeah, I didn't I didn't start that series until after we got back. That's when I read I still have some of those books over there. So like that copy of Persuader from Lee Child, the Jack Reacher series. That was the first Jack Reacher book that I ever read. And it's like, I don't know, the seventh or eighth book in the series, and I just jumped in like, oh, this looks good. <laughs> Picked it up and immediately was like, This guy's a fucking badass. I mean, I've got <laughs> twenty Lee Child books in different editions over there. Um, but then I also started reading Nelson DeMille. Um, so the guy who wrote uh, General's Daughter. Okay. There's a sequel to that. It's called Up Country. Called Up Country, yeah, where that same character goes back to Vietnam to investigate a homicide of a American army officer in the exit of Vietnam. And uh, goes back like to Vietnam and like the... The correlation to what we were going through, you know, of him like reliving his Vietnam experience because he served in Vietnam and then went into as an MP. He was an infantry guy in Vietnam and then he went into the MP Corps and was CID all through the general's daughter. But it goes back to, you know, him talking about being there in Vietnam and his and he's dealing with the North Vietnamese Army, which are like the same dudes that he dealt with, you know, when he was there and. It's it's fucking good. If you like the general's daughter, it's hard not to picture John Travolta like as that character. I can't remember his name. Uh, damn it! Uh, I can't remember. It's on that. It's sitting over there on the bookshelf. Is show. that the same character that's in the one with Samuel Jackson? No, no, no. That's no. Different. That's basic. That's basic. No. So not the same character. Not the same character. There's another character of his. Uh, Paul. It's Paul. Paul something. I can't remember. Is it Brenner? Is it Brenner? Yeah, Paul Brenner. But there's another character in a different series of Nelson DeMille's books called John Corey. His name's John Corey. Uh, Plum Island and then The Lion, The Lion's Game and all of those. Like he's an FBI agent in, up in New York on this joint terrorism task. He's an NYPD detective, but he gets put in as a FBI agent like on a task force. And 
those fucking books are hilarious, man, because the sense of humor that Nelson DeMille, like, relays in his <laughs> characters, like, I identify with that because, like, everything that comes out of the guy's mouth is a fucking smart-ass comment. Yeah, well, you remember in Upcountry, he, when he's flashing back to, you know, during his one of his tours in Vietnam, and yeah. one of his squad mates had decapitated a enemy combatant. Yeah. And... He's walking around with the head skewered on his yeah. on the bayonet. He's like, hey, I got a prisoner. <laughs> like, yeah. That's bad news there. But uh well you remember uh remember the book White Star? White Star about the sniper. Oh fuck yeah. I, I still have that book. It's it's in my library at home. Um I the, remember the main character's name was Owen Gray. I Owen Gray. Yes. Yes. So it's like a play on White Carlos feather, Hathcock. Carlos Hathcock. Yeah. yeah. And same thing for uh, the Bobbly Swagger books. Yeah. If you've ever read any of those. But who? Oh, Stephen Hunter? Is Stephen Probably, Hunter? Because it's Point of Impact. Yeah, the, Point of Impact is the original book. That's another great series that, like... I haven't read anymore, just, but I did read Point of Impact. Yeah, there's... I think there's three or four books. But they... Like, in the movie, Shooter... That became, you know, Shooter became the movie that was based off of that story. And they completely fucked up the Nick Memphis character, like, <laughs> with Michael Pena in that movie. Like, he did okay, and they, they got some stuff across, but there's a whole nother fucking storyline that they literally just, like, nah, we don't need that snip and, like, cut it out. But I understand the movie would have been fucking four hours long if they'd have left yeah. all that shit in there. And that's, that's one of my other woes about page-to-film conversions of stories that... And you've got to leave all that shit out, or the movie will be fucking eight hours long. Well, and you remember all the uh, the Dark Horse novelizations for the aliens. Yeah, the Dark Horse aliens. I still have the, all those. The alien uh, alien omnibus. Yep. I was just. I still have them in my Amazon cart because I was like, man, I'd love to go back and read those, like Earth Hive and yep, all of those. I hope there's some geeks out there that are listening to this. They're like, man, We're those get were... a TV series for aliens. Yeah, that's what I heard. Yeah. No, I want, so, you know, that, that series introduced me to one of my favorite sci-fi authors, Steve Perry. Yeah. And then him and his daughter did some books together. They did Aliens versus Predator novelizations. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you yeah. had all of those books when we were kids, and I remember reading those, uh, like, man, there's did a... Shadows of the Empire novelization for Star Wars yeah. in the mid-'90s. That's me and Shannon were just talking Star Wars with the boys before, <laughs> right before you showed up. We were talking about The Mandalorian and how they're... Hopes, big hopes for the book of Boba Fett and yep. everything else. Everything Star Wars. It's it's hard it's to get away the, from it's it. It's all designed house. for men who are like forty five to fifty five years old. That's what we were talking. Like Dave Filoni and John Favreau have have done more fan service in oh, two yeah. seasons of one show for Star Wars fans of our and our generation than George Lucas ever did. <laughs> yeah. Well, there there's a there's a YouTuber that I follow. And uh, it's oh, what the hell's his channel called? But he he's got insiders. He claims you know oh, okay in Lucasfilm, and it's called Overlord DVD. Okay. And the YouTuber his pseudo he uses his pseudonym as Dictor Van Doomcock. <laughs> <laughs> That's fucking awesome. Oh, it's it, the channel is it it's awesome, and he wears this big old giant mask, and yeah. you know he's got this like a. A medieval jerkin on and 
you know, if you're into that kind of crap, I suggest you check it out. It's Overlord DVD. Okay. I'm not getting paid to recommend it on this channel. Yeah, <laughs> no, that's none of these if, none of these recommendations are paid. If you're if you're like me and my two compadres here, love that shit. And I think I've sent you, you know, some links to it before. Yeah. That's I But he's like, No, this is just take this with a great assault, but you know, his thing for the last few few shows of his is it's like there's a bit a lot of publicity. But it seems like Kathleen Kennedy is on her way out. <laughs> oh, fucking good. Yeah. And let the they're door like, hit you let the her finish. The way out. It's like they're going to let her fi- finish ruining the latest Indiana Jones movie <laughs> and then uh, give her a quiet send-off. Bye. And, you know, the other thing is, is the other rumor coinciding with that is, you know, they're bringing Gina Carano back. Oh, good. That'd be Fucking cancel culture. Uh, I've seen fuck, a, I've seen a lot you, of but- cancel culture. Yeah, like it's when like you fuck nut. when you fuck with my Star Wars. That's when I've had enough. You don't have to like somebody. Yeah, it doesn't mean yeah. everybody else like, in the room has to agree with you. Either. Jesus Christ! Like everything's not for everybody. Yeah, <laughs> I I've got a buddy. I mean that I uh, going on about like just the the access and the community involved in geekdom these days seems like it's so much more big than so much bigger than it used to be uh my buddy joe that we we talk all the time about star wars and bad batch like yeah because he's just getting all the way through the clone wars and watching bad batch i'm watching it with the boys every week when the new episodes come out and talking about the mandalorian and everything marvel and dc and well not dc because dc sucks <laughs> Everything Marvel and Disney, like me and Shannon, will go back and forth on this. I think DC sucks. So, so DC's got the animated movie. They stuff. got yeah. that locked out. They have it. I don't know why they can't fucking get their shit together. Yeah, and, and make I don't a mind decent live action. League. Movie. You know I, why? I like Justice. You know why? Because they can't drop fucking Zack Snyder and be like, you know what? Let's get a real director in here. Like, okay, The Watchmen is what it is, and it stands by itself, and it was great. Seven hours of blue dick. <laughs> like whatever that's fine find somebody else to make a good fucking dc movie that's my opinion because the ones i've seen i was not impressed with so Zack snyder can translate source material to the screen great yeah he cannot create his own source material that's worth a fuck to save his life <laughs> sucker punch is a good movie sucker punch was great i'll give you that yeah it was but it was such a visual departure from everything else at the time. Right. It was pretty. But when we were watching it. We went and saw that in the theater, didn't we? I think I was with my I, We must have gone. Cause I know my wife was with me. And she was just like. What the hell's going on here? I have never seen a movie like this before in yeah. my whole life. And you have World War II bombers, blonde chicks, and. Yeah. School fighting outfits, dragons, fighting dragons swords with samurai swords, and yeah, and MP5s I mean, I won't lie, that's like every game I ever have. <laughs> <laughs> My wife was just like, oh, speaking what of the fuck is going. Anyway, on let me this? let me finish where I was going with Sorry. that. So Joe turned me on to this podcast called Marvel Method with Method Man. So Method Man like talks comic books, talks the Marvel universe with guests, hmm. and gets all these random people in there, and it's actually really entertaining. Um, and there's eight episodes. So like, uh, Michelle Rodriguez, Joe Manganiello, big Dick Ritchie. He gets Kevin Smith in there. <laughs> the episode with Kevin Smith was pretty good. Um, and just bullshits about Marvel shit. 
It's, it's pretty good if you're into that. Kevin Smith is fun to listen to about Marvel shit. Oh, yeah, man. His Smodcast had a couple where he's pretty Well, did you ever did you ever see there he he put he had an interview or just his own video or something, but he discusses like he was brought in to write a Superman movie. Oh, really? Mhm. And yeah, I've heard this with the spider. Yeah, with the spider. <laughs> you know, and just how he went against the how, you know, he had a he, he had a good story wrote out. Right. But the studio kept derailing him. And the, right. and the pro, one producer yeah. kept hammering Want, on him. Wanted wanted a fucking fight with a giant spider. <laughs> and so he's like, fuck you. I'm not doing this. And then the movie, The Wild Wild West, came out with Will Smith. Uh, with a producer. giant spider fight same at producer. the end. <laughs> I, think I, have, I think I have heard that. Steampunk spider fight. Yeah. <laughs> so have you ever watched Tusk? If we're going to digress, we're going to go all over the place. Tusk. If you didn't get a chance to finish what you were trying to make, then. Oh, then oh yeah. So. No, we're moving up. We're moving <laughs> oh, man. Up. Okay. I'll come back to it. I'll come back to no, it. Go ahead. Got to circle back. So I had, you said every dream you've ever had talking about Sucker Punch. Yeah. I had a fucking dream this morning that I got somehow roped into this fucking op to go help somebody. You know, we all have these like crazy dreams about shit that we're into and we were trying to arrest some guy that was and i don't even know why you know it was just one of those dreams with no context so there's all these cops like i got people in uniform people out of uniform and we're like on the fucking french riviera for some reason like picture ronin you know the movie ronin like that sort of scenery it was fucking weird so we're chasing after this guy like this old guy and he's in like on a pontoon boat on a trailer and his like old lady wife is like driving a pickup. So we're chasing them. And then all of a sudden, you know how your dreams, like you're chasing someone one second and then they turn into something else. You guys ever have that? Oh yeah. So I'm going to say the name, but I'll bleep it out later. So that becomes the target becomes. Okay. Like all of a sudden, because we've, you know, been talking about him recently. Yeah. Yeah. And so like, apparently that's on my subconscious. And for whatever reason, like we get, it all busts down into this one second, you know, microsecond gunfight. And I reach down for my holster and I come up with my gun and it's like a fucking nine inch barreled 45 long Colt revolver, single action. <laughs> and I'm like, what the fuck is this? I'm like, oh, well, fuck it. Ned <laughs> butt line, let's go. <laughs> it, like, and then, so I shoot the guy and he goes down. And then the next thing I know, I've got a 1911 in my hand. I'm like, where the fuck? Like, I woke up, you know, seconds later and was like, what the fuck was that? No, I have so many dreams like that. Oh, yes. I I like trying to figure out, all right, this part of the dream is because I watched this movie. This part of the dream is the book I'm listening. This part of the dream came from a conversation at work. Yeah. Where the where the fuck did this part of my dream come from? This is all me. This is raw, my imagination and. So would, yeah, and if it, you could record that, I wouldn't want people to see what I dream at night. No, but just but so you could like go re- back and be like, I would like to rewatch my own stuff. Well, my thing is, like, am I remembering it the way that it happened in my dream, or is it like, did I reinterpret that into something completely different? Like the mechanics of dream interpretation are well beyond me. A but. lot of times, I won't. It'll be a day or days later, and I'll it'll pop in my head and I'll remember like, holy crap. See, and with me, if I don't, uh, but, I have to write them down or they're gone. 
They're yeah. fucking well, gone. It's all over the place with me. Yeah. So I'll uh, I'll share this one with you. This was oh, I was not too long back from this last tour in Afghanistan, and so remember our high school. Mm-hmm. So the, ba- the, the basically the basement level where the cafeteria was. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I had this dream where I was there in the basement and I was moving to the stairwell, but I'm in kit. Which which stairwell? Like on, the one by uh, the cafeteria end on or the, the one? East end going back up to the foyer. Okay. So but I'm going down the hallway, I get to there. Well the stairwell opens up to this mountainside. Okay. And it's just there's a compound at the top and there's muzzle flashes, you know, just coming from the side of the mountain and you know, I remember looking through my site and engaging and engaging, engaging, you know, and I had some some teammates with me, but they were they were, they were just generic. Right. Yeah, the faceless people that like the filler. The, the, yeah. the that are filling in that space. Yeah. So we assault up this mountain, get up there to the compound, and maybe maybe it's the supper club. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Uh but I remember there there was nobody in it. After, you know, I've, I don't know how many magazines have gone through. Right. And there was this, like, monofilament wire booby trap that just cut up the back of my hands. Uh. You know, and I remember waking up. Before I woke up, I'm like, ah, that sucks. Yeah. I went and rounded up my medic, you know, to get my hands bandaged <laughs> up. Put some fucking Bactine on this and, and, and let me and cry. And then I woke up. But so. I, I had another crazy one recently. And it was like one part of it's like in this other country, and like it was boarding an area controlled by China. And I was trying to escape from wherever I was because there's people trying to kill me and right. trying to get into this other country, sneaking in however I could. And I just remember like crawling through this attic, and then somebody saw me, and I'm like crawling back. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's one of those dreams where when you wake up, you're thankful you woke up because yep. I'm like. This crap is stressful. I don't want any part of that. Yeah. Some, some last of the breed shit. Here's how I woke up this morning. Dreaming. My granddaughter was a baby crawling across the carpet in my old house. And I reached down and I pulled up her shirt and there's a spider on her back. And I'm like, oh. And I slapped the spider off and it rolled over on his back. You know, it rolls over and they pull mm-hmm. like, get my slipper on. And they go to kill it, but it keeps, I keep missing it. And it jumps and jumps. And ah. And then I open <laughs> up my eyes because I woke up. And my ceiling fan is above me. Ceiling fan is where the spider was, right? And I was like, oh! <laughs> like, I'm up. Scared the shit out of me because I was like, oh, it's a ceiling fan. Like, oh. It's, Fucking. That's how I woke up. And then I was like, well, obviously I needed to wake up. Cause so I, got, I guess I had to pee. I don't. Yeah. I got meds for, for the nightmares and crap. But it doesn't stop the nightmares. It just stops the 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 panic response right. yeah that jerks you out of sleep so now you just watch a rated r movie in your so head. now it's just yeah now it's reaction. just <laughs> helena bonham carter in a penguin <laughs> cave going slide slide i love i love sending that to you <laughs> and, and, and 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 your brother talk about like that was my that movie was my kind of awakening into like it's okay to be crazy you know, to a degree, um, we've all got a little bit of it. And if you think that you don't, you're fucking lying to yourself. Yeah. Um, and then years later, I found and read the book 
and started reading Chuck Palahniuk Fight Club. I'm referencing Fight Club if you haven't if you haven't caught that already. Holy shit, man! Like I'm Jack's pancreatic cancer. Yeah, You're not your <laughs> fucking khakis. <laughs> yeah, and the the movie is it's different than the book, obviously, because in the book he meets Tyler Durden at a nude beach, and you know there's a lot of different stuff, but the same basic tenets of it are all kind of there. That and then you you find out later that he's you know he is Tyler Durden. Tyler Durden is him the whole time. I I that movie fucked with me, and I watched it. You know, just like, just like the fucking, what was it? Limp Biscuit and watch Fight Club 49 times. Like, <laughs> I don't, I can quote that entire movie from oh, yeah. the opening credits to the end credits. Cause I've watched it so many times, but I still find something different in it every time. So what's beautiful about that movie is that it's, it's not just like a mind fuck, but it's kind of art at the same time. And I well, appreciate that. You know, the, the t-shirt that, uh, Brad Pitt's wearing through most of the movie it's got pornography on it. Yeah. And, you know, that was the, the producer's like, this is how we sneak pornography into a non-porno movie. Yeah. You know? Um, yeah, like, if you ever watch that movie when it's edited, been edited for TV, it's like, what's the fucking point? It's definitely one of those movies that's best left. Or if you come uncut. across someone and you mention the Paper Street Soap Company. Yeah. And they know what you're talking about. You're like, that's eh, someone I can hang yeah. out with. Yeah, for sure. Like, you can, we've connected at a certain level because we both know that. Is this a test, Dr. Durden? <laughs> Is this a test? It's all a test. <laughs> In Project Mayhem. I'm ranting. I always have bitch tit bobs. Yep. Like, oh yeah. <laughs> I've got to drain my pecs again, Cornelius. <laughs> I've got to open up and drain my pecs again. <laughs> Chloe, Chloe is what Meryl Streep's skeleton would look like if you stretch skin over it. <laughs> I've got lubricants and anal nitrate. <laughs> Poor woman just wanted uh, one last go. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> I could go I could go for hours about that movie, Dude. man, because it's just so fucked. And then talking about Jared Leto. You know, he's the the pretty boy in that movie. And I just watched The Little Things. Yeah. With uh him and Denzel and Remy Malik, who I still dislike. Remy Malik? I cannot connect with that guy, man. I just can't. You know, like we were me and Shannon were texting back and forth. Like his character in the Pacific was just a fucking worm. Oh you know. <laughs> He's throwing rocks into and that, that guy's skull into that guy's... looping into its rotted brain. Yeah. Um I just couldn't connect with him. Like anything I've seen him in, like I haven't even been tempted to watch Mr. Robot because I just you know, there's there's actors that you're like, ah, nope, can't nope, can't do it. Yeah, Opperman. Off the of same private Ryan. I don't care what he's in. Up oh, him. Yeah. Up I don't care what he's in. Yeah. I can't stand that man because of that role. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, and I don't know what it is about it. Bobby Green, he's been in a lot of other movies, but when it comes to him in other movies, I'm like, I hope he dies slowly. Um, So, (laughs) yeah, but the little things, the little things was good. Like that's a good, good crime movie with a fucking twist at the end that was like, oh, I didn't see that coming. It was good. So, the uh, Oppum. The, the guy that in Saving Private Ryan that was, you know, that was the Jew that was carrying mm-hmm. the star of David Adam around, Goldberg, but gets right? killed. Yeah. yeah. 
by the German stabbing he's, through the chest. He stole Bob Hope's stool sample. So, yes, that's where I was going. So, back to the Salton Sea. He was in that. It was, yes. uh, what the hell is his name, in his character's name? I can't remember. But it's just like, he just went on this whole, for, for those of you that don't know what the Salton Sea is, and it's an obscure Val Kilmer movie. Oh, man, so obscure. It had Vincent D'Onofrio in it, too. Oh, yeah, it was Pooh Bear. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> who snorted so much gack. That his nose his, fell his off. His nose fell off. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to go. Because <laughs> that movie, I watched at the police academy. I made and you watch it because... Copy. And you left it there. <laughs> we were Years there. ago. And yep. I was like... I had seen that movie, you know, and obviously I'd been working in the field in law enforcement for several years, so had Shannon. And so we're talking with all of our young, you know, 21-year-old classmates, and I'm like, you guys want to get a peek into tweaker culture? Mm-hmm. We're going to watch this movie called The Salt and Sea. I said, because my buddy, Snake, left a copy on VHS at the academy in the day room. So me and Shannon and three or four other dudes sat down and watched that movie, and they were like, by the time we got to the end, they were like, what the fuck did we just watch? We're like, oh, yeah, welcome to movie time with Drew and Shannon. <laughs> Fellers say some fucked up shit when he's sporting badger food for a dick. Uh, yep. <laughs> yep. But that was a good movie, man. That, check like it this, out. The scene with the, with the Smith & Wesson, you know, 357 combat special that eight. carries eight rounds in it. The breakdown when that kid's like giving him the rundown on the gun when he's buying it. It's one of those like great movie yep. scenes that just like sticks with you. Did I say seven rounds or eight <laughs> rounds? <laughs> I don't know. It's a pretty important fucking question. <laughs> that was good, man. But yeah, that I love obscure movies. That's my I love influencing other people being like, man, you need to watch this movie. And then when people watch it, it's like you have a secret that other people don't yeah. know. Yeah. Or if they don't get it, like, I didn't get that movie, like, (laughs) we are not going to be friends. Right, and I, like, (laughs) call me a hipster if you want, I guess, that's the whole hipster mentality, right? Like, I knew about it before you did, and it's my special little thing, but I I like being able to share that with other people, like, this movie fucked me up because XYZ, shit like that. So, so you talk about that Iraq deployment, our our first one. Mm Mm-hmm. And uh, the the movie that that I got got the whole squad to watch. That it was my favorite thing just to see people's reaction to it was Freddie got fingered. <laughs> I don't remember that. Oh, that movie was so fucking bad. I, I, I remember because you remember my ex that I lived with. Yeah. You know, I, I remember riding my bike into town and. Renting a movie, then going back out to our house, and uh, I started watching it, and I'm like, "This is so fucking awful! I can't <laughs> watch this." I started pedaling back to town, and I got like maybe an eighth of a mile down the road. I'm like, "Nah, fuck it! I'm gonna finish this." <laughs> <laughs> like, I remember because you brought it over to my house next, and you're like, "You gotta watch this." I'm like, "What? The don't f- even know. Fuck I, is this? I don't remember watching with Tom Green <laughs> from the from the Tom Green show. Right. Daddy, would you like some sausage?" <laughs> yeah who was his dad his dad it was, was like rip torn wasn't it <laughs> maybe i don't know well, just fucking right. awful movie just toilet humor you know like from an adult and yeah, rip speaking, torn. speaking of toilet humor 
you know, and you talk about movies that leave an impact on you, or if you feeling dirty after having watched them, <laughs> was when you and I watched the South Park movie. Yeah. <laughs> I was I, like, I would have been, I don't know, 14, maybe 15 at the time. And we used to, oh God, we Uncle were such, Fu- is that Uncle Fucker? Yep. <laughs> we were such fucking children. We would, <laughs> like, so we ran the surround sound from the TV into the stereo. Like my stepdad's right. old pioneer. So we would record audio on a cassette <laughs> from these movies, right? And then we would like cruise around and listen to it later. Like and we'd piece it together. I don't I don't know why. It's just one of those things thinking back of it, like, that's so fucking stupid. It's like, teenager crap, man. Just stupid teenager shit. But we recorded like probably the whole South Park bigger, batter uncut movie onto cassette and would just drive drive around and listen to it. Like the scene where it's like, have you ever heard of the Emancipation Proclamation? I don't listen to hip hop. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like, just such terrible jokes that I didn't even fucking understand at the time. Now as an adult, I'm like, oh, that's so bad. Oh, but the reason, you know, the reason I brought it up is because my wife and I were talking about something. And it was something about cussing and the mm-hmm. F word. I'm like, so... I had to show her the scene where Cartman's in the classroom. Mr. What? Garrison's like, what, what did you, you say? Do? Fuck. <laughs> fuck. Cussing never hurt nobody. <laughs> fuck, fuckity, fuck, fuck, fuck. <laughs> it's like, and then, uh, then I had to show her Kyle's mom's a bitch song. Yeah. <laughs> I think one of my most obscure movies that people could watch is Hard Ticket to Hawaii. Never even heard of it. Uh, what is that? Andy Sidaris? Oh. Andy Sidaris? I've never even heard Malibu of it. Malibu Express. Mm-mm. Picasso's Trigger. <laughs> Savage Beach. Uh-uh. <laughs> oh, these are great. Are these like Rich Diaries type? <laughs> like 90s? Uh, it's just, when did this come out? 87. So okay. 80s movie. And they're just, they're terrible. They're, they're okay, if, if a porn director made <laughs> an action movie but had okay. zero porn in it so we're talking like the chase um what was the one with charlie sheen and christy swanson Swanson, the chase yeah the chase but what oh chasers is the other one i'm thinking of with tom berenger and eric alaniak you know the the girl from under siege you know do not remember that but these are super cheesy movies okay just to horrible horrible (laughs) um what is it? Glenn Globus. Golden okay. Globus. Gol- knockoff with like a take the take any Chuck Norris movie from the eighties that he wouldn't do. <laughs> this guy picks up and it's just as they're horrible. But Hard Ticket to Hawaii is by far the best of these okay. horrible movies. Are they like noir detective movies? Oh no, like, okay. So like Miami Vice ripoffs? Yeah. Magnum P.I. Ho- okay. Hawaii ripoff with a, with a knockoff Chuck Norris and a bunch of chicks <laughs> and a bunch of chicks in bikinis with big giant blonde headed fake boob chicks and machine guns and like bandoleros strapped around them and <laughs> knives on their ankle and jeeps every other dream speaking of it's, it's speaking of <laughs> miami vice i just rewatched thief the other night with the james, con? james con yeah yeah fucking that's a great one. great like james or uh michael mann has always made top-notch gun guy movies yeah like he gets the best guys to come in and train actors to for gunplay like you're not gonna beat yeah heat. 
you're not going to beat Miami Vice, the original show, Miami Vice. If you go back and rewatch that, that is all like just fucking gun guy action. Like, yeah, the show, the TV with Don show. Johnson. Yeah, okay, yeah. Go yeah, back and great. rewatch the TV no, show. I did. Like, I grew, I, it was my Friday night jam when I was a kid. Yeah, I remember watching it as a kid too, and being like, no, obviously, not. I was young. I think when I was like thirteen, my my seventh grade birthday was like thirteen. I got. For a birthday present, I got the uh, Miami Vice soundtrack on cassette. Nice. I was nice. So Jan Hammer. I was so excited. I don't know why I'd be excited for that now, but I was like, this is fucking great. But yeah, Michael Mann's movies, like you got, I mean, obviously Miami Vice, Thief, Heat, the new Miami Vice remake with Jamie Foxx. That was also Michael Mann. Collateral. Collateral. Can't forget Manhunter. Manhunter. Manhunter is, yeah. That's my favorite. Him, William Peterson, that movie's so good. Yeah. yeah. Played a, uh, you know, the the first look at Hannibal Lecter. Yeah. yeah. Brian. Um, Brian Cox. Brian, Brian Cox. Cox so I, I like that version. That's my favorite version. That's yeah. a really good movie. So that's essentially like the same character, if I'm not mistaken, that Edward Norton plays. Yeah, Will Graham. Yeah, yeah Will, Will Graham, Graham in uh, Red Dragon. Red Dragon. Yeah. Which those are, oh, what's his name? Manhunter Thomas and Red Harris. Dragon are the same story. Yeah, yes. Thomas Harris books. Yeah, if you've never read Silence of the Lambs, the book is another one that is better than the movie, but the movie was amazing. Oh, yeah. You know. Oh, Public Enemies. When they do those. Oh, yeah. When they do the uh, Tommy gun shootouts, the, the sound. Oh, yeah. The, like the detail they put into how a Tommy gun sounds. Yes. Those, 45 caliber round yep. just going off the Johnny Depp gangster movie yeah. about John Dillinger that it's just the sound of the gun battles and that is on the surround sound is phenomenal yeah. and that was another one of those movies that like Michael Mann's one of those directors that goes sort of like the Revenant where it was like he didn't film it with any unnatural light sources you know shit like that and it's like super dark very well put together movie just the, but I would agree that the gunplay in in public enemies is fucking oh, yeah. phenomenal yeah, I gave Man Hunter ten. <laughs> I haven't seen that in a long time. That's great. That's I was thinking, you know, because we're always talking about these cheesy movies that well, we end up watching. That's when William Peterson was on his game. That and To Live and Die in L.A. Yeah, yeah, that one was good. But I uh, was like, I don't know if I saw it streaming a while back or what. But Surviving the Game with Ice oh, Ice yeah. T. Yeah, yeah. Rector Howard, Gary Busey, another great like eighties nineties Gary Busey movie. God, that well, guy plays like such a great, fucking crazy person. Cheesy Gary Busey movie that was one of my favorites was Eye of the Tiger. I don't think I ever saw that. It, one. It, it's a revenge flick with him okay. in it, and it's pretty good. But you mentioned James Caan a bit ago. Yeah. And probably one of my f- favorite movies with him is the original Rollerball. Oh, yeah. Yep. You know? God, I haven't seen that one in a long it's time. It's been a long time since I've seen it. You know, it's been it's, a long time. Oh, you I, watch it, it's definitely dated, but it's still cool. Speaking of, along that same line, Robot Jocks is oh, on yeah. Amazon Prime. <laughs> Me and my brother rented that movie from Albertsons from the little video corner store yep. probably a dozen times over the course of like two years. Yep. Achilles, yeah. Athena, and uh, what was the Russian dude's name? I can't remember. It's been so long, but I just remember being like, like standing up and like screaming at the TV, like ah! I fucking love that movie, that and Ski Patrol. <laughs> That's another one that we 
<laughs> rented about a half dozen times. Because uh, it was like, you know, 89 cents or whatever to rent oh, a movie yeah. for the weekend. I know. So if you thought robot jocks were cool, I was so hyped. I'm like, Pacific Rim? Yes. When that came out, like, oh, this is going to be great. Yeah, this no. is like a new version. And then you went and saw it and you were like, that fucking blue, dude. Don't waste <laughs> right? your time. I'm like, okay. I've got the last thing I want to do is go watch Charlie Hunnam struggle with his fucking accent for an hour and a half, oh, like he so. did for seven seasons of Sunday Energy. <laughs> So let down. You can have Godzilla and giant robot monsters fighting each other. I do. I I have grown. My youngest son is a fucking Godzilla freak. Like that kid. I saw. I did like a his paper on the refrigerator. Yeah, Godzilla my daughter. Versus he's got one Godzilla. that he that he doodled in my office. That kid is a freak for kaiju's. Like we have watched all of the you know '90s Toho movies. We've got them all on Blu-ray. Obviously, all the brand new ones that are coming out that are all tied back into that same storyline. Even he's probably going to come down here. He's going to hear us talking about Godzilla from oh, upstairs. Godzilla. So, Godzilla. It, late 80s through the 90s, anytime I could pick up a Godzilla movie, even if it was like in the movie bin at Albertsons. Okay. Oh, $2 Godzilla movie. Nice. I had this. I don't know. It was like this long. That's VHS tapes, right? All these yeah. Godzilla movies. And then I think when I lived out on, you know, in the last 15 years, I was like, I'm, you know what? I'm never going to watch these again. Stupid VHS tapes. I'll just <laughs> put them all on DVD to the dump. Yeah. And then a couple years ago, I'm like, that was so dumb. <laughs> I cannot believe I threw all that shit away. Only thing I got left on VHS is the uh, THX remastered Star Wars. Okay. The only thing I got left. Man, I've got, there's a box somewhere in here of VHS tapes, and I've got all sorts of I random shit. Still got shit. the box set of all the Aliens movies. Yeah. Squirreled away. And I, I never replaced all those Godzilla movies with DVDs. Yeah. Yeah. We've got a bunch of them on Blu-ray. Like, you can buy them for like eight bucks on Amazon for the two packs. Yeah. You know, like two movies on one right. disc. But I need to, like, I need to sit down and watch them in order. Like, chronological order. Because the only one that we that I can't find and can't buy is Godzilla versus Biollante. Okay. It's like they want like three hundred fucking dollars for it. I can't find it on eBay. I can't find it on Amazon anywhere. The giant flower. Yeah, like the big you know chemically mutated flower Biollante. I think he's an alien. I don't know. They're all aliens or some shit. <laughs> it's so hard to track, but I really do like because we've watched fifteen of them. You know, over the last two years as I buy them. I really need to go through and watch them chronologically to get a better feel of, <laughs> you know, the legacy of God that is Godzilla. That's been a good one. I, I really hope, I really hope your devoted listeners haven't find the, oh, I'm sure <laughs> the pop culture. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna get some fucking comments hours. on this one. Hey. Like, hey, we're gonna do a podcast that absolutely nothing to do with Wait. what this podcast is about. We I don't can't care. Always talk about. I mean, we could, true. We could talk about autopsies for ten minutes. I mean. Yeah, I'm I'm good. You've seen one autopsy. I'm not going to say you've seen one autopsy. You've seen them all because I have been surprised. I could tell you about cleaning out the gangrenous heel sore of a one-legged diabetic with bean <laughs> diarrhea all over him. <laughs> See, this is what happens when we try to go back on track. It gets even worse. <laughs> you, leave, you leave Pa out of the story. You don't even know about Pa. <laughs> that gentleman's no longer alive. <laughs> His lifestyle got the better of him. Uh, we went way out there, but I like it. Maybe it's to make somebody laugh. Hopefully. 
Yeah. Well, if Made not, us laugh. if not, we had fun, and that's <laughs> that's all that fucking matters. And I don't give a flying shit. I'm not doing this for money, that's for sure. You just yeah. put a disclaimer on there, like special episode. Like. Oh yeah, yeah. I I've decided that it's it's cleaner actually to do the intro and epro, uh, intro and outro separate. Yeah, because I can go through it and explain shit better before and after. I think the last episode turned out way better than. I expected it to. Oh, it was good. And I got a huge response. Like, everyone I talked to was like, man, I really liked that episode. And I had initially planned the Mindset episode to be the first episode to talk about that and kind of, that was my springboard into this whole podcast. And then it just got, you know, we were so anxious to get started. It was like, man, fuck that. We'll just sit down and start bullshit and then see what happens. And yeah, I think it turned out really well. And there's so much shit that, like, I've gone back and listened to that. It's one of the only episodes that I've gone back and listened to, you know, aside from, like, your episodes and then the episodes with all the other guys that came in. Um, oh, so the, the episode that for our first appointment that I missed because I was on call. Yeah. I was sitting there, and I was, like, yelling because I could answer those questions. Like, what is that guy's <laughs> name? That's his name. That was his name. What was the guy's name? The guy that fucking fell in the shit canal. <laughs> I could... There's like gaps in there. I know, like uh, Johnny was saying something. I'm like, no, that's not even right. Like, right. And it's don't... funny how time fucks with you and your yeah. memory of how shit happened and like how you, how that happened for you on your interpretation oh, yeah. of it. And then you talk to other people that were there, and they're like, no, dude, that's not how that happened at all. Like, really? Well, I've been remembering it that way for 15 years. So if I'm wrong, that's fine. Like, I feel like my version's better. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it is what it is. But, I, yeah, I those episodes were so much fun. We need to do that again, for sure. <laughs> and now I'm set up. I can record up to six people. Oh, nice! So that'll be great. Yeah, we're gonna do it again. I was I was gonna call Jason today, but he's working the fair. Oh, that sucks. Because he's he's the new boot on the street. So he's stuck working fair. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I, because like, I, I remember like, I was. Who the hell is Jason? <laughs> I remember seeing his name, like, because <laughs> uh, obviously he's, you know, in training for four months, something along those lines. And I was like, oh, I better check the schedule because I was going to call him. And I was like, no, he's at home sleeping because he's got to work the fair tonight. Mm. So unlucky bastard. I got stuck with Lake Duty over the fourth. He got fair. Oh, I will say, Blair, if you're listening to this episode, I still blame you for burning down Woody. <laughs> <laughs> Your denial does not work for me. <laughs> He's gonna hear this. And have some have some remarks. I I don't know, man. Uh I'm glad I, I left before that. That's right. Happened. Well, thank you God your gone. brother was there because he knocked out another wooden cow in less than twenty four hours. <laughs> so fucking customs and not letting unfinished wood through back stateside, yeah. you know, because Buddy made me my AGL Arms forty five revolver. Oh yeah, that's right. Fast the stampede gun. Yep, and uh, well, customs wouldn't let it go. And then so Afghanistan, we had some Croatians on our camp with us, mm-hmm. and I became really good friends with them. And one of the guys, he made me he made me a ship in a bottle. Oh, nice. Just out of a, in a little ketchup bottle. It was a ketchup bottle with a wide mouth. And he just carved out a little ship and toothpicks. And it was really cool. Well, I had it in my Contico to go home. Oh, yeah. Fucking customs confiscated it. 
Fuck you, like customs. Liquors. I still, like, walking through that that Air Force Bay of customs, like, all the shit on display that they've got, like, hanging from the ceiling and shit that they've got in, like, in cases that people have tried to sneak through there. It's like a fucking four-foot-tall bronze Saddam Hussein head. Like, really? Some fucking Joe tried to, like, stick this in his sea bag and drag it through fucking customs. Damn straight. All I wanted was our maps that we carried. On our first appointment. Yeah. Big, what big like Baghdad. Baghdad city map. So I had it stuck in my bug out bag between the back of the bag and then there was that slot yeah. in there. So they had like the foam and the plastic for rigidity in there. Yep. I had it stuck in there and customs freaking went in there and pulled it out. And they looked right at me like, hmm. Because <laughs> you were supposed to take those. And I was like, without a hesitation, I looked over at like, hey, they found my map I lost. <laughs> I, I, I had a I piece, got mine snuck through. Oh, I, I had a piece of shrapnel that was like probably three and a half inches, like probably an inch thick, and it was like kind of triangular shaped from a tanker that blew up at the checkpoint right down the street from us, <laughs> and it landed right next to my Humvee, and I was like, oh, that's fucking sweet. So I snagged it up, and I snuck that fucker home because I put it in between the plates yeah. on my IBA, on my interceptor body armor. And snuck it home, and then I lost it. Like, sometime in between, like, getting home and unpacking all my shit, I lost it. Because I was like, man, that's a cool piece of shrapnel to just, like, remember that moment of my fucking... Felt like my ears were caving in, and I almost literally shit myself when that tanker blew up. Uh, that yeah. shit would just happen out of nowhere. Uh, you know, like, you're standing outside the truck just, like, smoking a cigarette. Woo! Woo! And it's just, like, a fucking clap of air and pressure that... Yeah, like the night we were sitting on the prime minister's rooftop, and all of a sudden it was daylight again. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's got yep. really and, bright, and then it hits you like the shockwave hits you. And then the sound comes, and the shockwave is like, Oh, yes, what that was. Yeah, yeah, we should have done a whole bullshit about Baghdad episode. Mm-hmm. We'll have to that do that fun. again. That we, we really launched off into tangent all land. I ever, on this all one. I ever wanted to do was stop somewhere. Like when at, at night when everybody all the neon signs would come on yeah. and everybody's and I just wanted to go get some shawarma like that looks delicious. I remember being the rear gunner like man some street meat that looks delicious. Some Baghdad street meat. <laughs> yeah, I don't care. I'll take it. <laughs> I'll take my it's chances. Goat and dog. It's got to be good. It ain't gonna kill you. No. It's just kebab, huh? <laughs> it's like can we stop and get some food? I'm hungry. Do you remember the like the restaurant at Falcon? Where they had like the big triangle cone of meat with the heater with the cooker, and they'd like shave that shit off. I there. do not remember much from Falcon at all. They had they had like a like a restaurant there, mm. and that was like the first time that I had you know I don't I don't even know Shorma. what the fuck it was. I remember a prostitution <laughs> ring getting busted at the coffee shop. <laughs> Falcon, at Falcon, yes. I don't remember that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> yeah, you could go get a little more than a latte. <laughs> I just remember being like, I didn't want to go into those places. You know, and now I'm like, fuck, I wish I would have. I wish I would have experienced a bit more of what we what we could oh, have. But we were so time. overwhelmed that first 10, 12 so days. So fucking saturated oh, hell yeah. Baghdad. We just like going into a coffee shop, I was like, I didn't know. I didn't even know it was there. Yeah, I don't even remember going over to the little. I, maybe there's a little PX. Yeah, there was. There was a little PX at Falcon. I just know we had, and that's where the restaurant was. Like we you in, went through. They had, like, we were outside that wall. There was like that wall. Yeah, of we the were main in Kent compound. City. Then they had like, like, I think, were like the 
brick and mortar building. Yeah. I had stuff over here on the other side of the wall. That's all I remember. Yeah. Like, I do remember being so completely overwhelmed. I don't remember overwhelmed. where at. I don't remember any of that. I remember the chow hall was like all the way on the far side, like to the east. I remember the chow hall at Cuervo. And it I remember Cuervo. Dragon. I remember Cuervo. I remember the chow hall there. I remember... Uh, Apaches landing and using the porta shitters. Yeah, I got video of that. I got video of that. Like, because they're all like, "Holy shit, fucking Apaches!" That, like, that's the first time I've ever Falcon? seen one for yeah. real. Yeah, like right next to our tent city. Yeah, and these two yes. Apaches come in and they land, and one guy jumps out and like speed. You know, like I'm about to shit my pants. <laughs> like, <laughs> like range walks over to the shitter. I was like, they literally just pit stop cheers. So that guy could go take a shit. I remember. Old Big Jim yelling at us because we were, <laughs> we would go outside like next to the tent, and brush our teeth. Yeah, and he thought it was gross. Instead of saying "Don't do that," right? He's like, he told us that he told us that our, our toothbrush spit the sugar in the toothbrush yeah. toothpaste attracts the ants. And we're like, what sugar? What sugar? <laughs> what the- there's no sugar. you brushing your <laughs> teeth with. Right? Candy like, man. How about you're the captain? Just say, hey, don't fucking brush your teeth outside anymore and spit that shit next to the tent. Yeah. Don't make up some story how the sugar in the toothpaste attracts ants. Yeah. I've got pictures of us sitting in the, like, me over with a bunch of the first <laughs> platoon guys sitting in that fucking mortar bunker smoking cigars. Like, it was me and Craig and. Jason was there. Johnny was there. Was there. Like all those first platoon dudes just hanging out and they're roasting. Because we had nothing to do at that point in time. Like all the commanders and all the fucking yeah. head freds were like sorting out logistical shit. And it was like, you guys just sit here and occupy space and don't get into any fucking trouble. And then <laughs> I remember they're like, oh, there's a fucking, you remember when they're like, there's a sarin gas attack. Yeah. Like they had a packet on, of. We were out on uh site out on it was like our, one of our first trips out of the wire yeah we were they, out with that squad they had taken working like, an ip station and that came over the net yeah and they had taken like and it was in the fucking fob or like right there and they had taken like a packet of sarin powder and like duct taped it to a you know art- artillery shell and then just like set it there yeah yeah no and I, so like there i can't remember who it was but it was like an nbc guy like in our unit and I remember somebody being like, well, sarin dissipates at like 96 degrees Fahrenheit. And it's like 125 sure fucking degrees wood. out here. Like, we got nothing to worry about. But I remember we had to go get our masks and like I fucking. That I don't see. I don't remember that at so, all. So yeah. you, you want to know what's crazy is. So when I was going through the Q course, one of my cadre, I mentioned that. And he's like, I was there at that point in time. I yeah. remember that. It's funny shit like that when you, you know, talk with other people that were. In the city of Baghdad, at the same time we were chewing some of the same yeah. dirt, and they're like, "Oh yeah, I remember that." Well, I know they sent a couple, couple partner force folks over there. It kind of, they got a little fucked up from it. So, it's one of the things I remember you and Big Jim, <laughs> Big Jim, Captain. I don't know why he didn't send his lower enlisted captain. Had to do it because he didn't trust anybody. Yeah, crawling along the fence line of the. Uh, Amusement park, zoo. Yeah, the zoo. We talked about that one. With his nods, crawling, probing into the night, because that's where the main attack was going to come from, was through that amusement park. 
So these, these <laughs> this main attack of people right. somehow had to like sneak through the whole fucking green zone to get there unnoticed. Uh, then there was that Fuck big canal off. ride that was empty. So there's yeah. like there was a built-in moat, but he's low crawling along the fence with nods like ten feet behind him. <laughs> <laughs> just watch them we're watching them we're all watching just walking behind him shaking his head like jeez what the sorry you're coming with me out of all these pieces of shit that I have to that I have to command you by far the one that oozes soldier the most <laughs> whatever <laughs> I and I alone can only go probe this I can't expect a private to relay back information can't get yeah. something over there <laughs> Dude, well that is, okay there that's true but regardless like he's crawling he's crawling and you're standing behind him walking i'm like, trying to uh, get down and crawl on that ship it's dumb how <laughs> so much low crawling i did in afghanistan none <laughs> <laughs> Outside of training, when we had to. Low crawl? Yeah. Oh, there's a time and place for it. Yeah. I mean, you like, you, you know as well as I do, when you got rounds coming at you. Oh, yeah. You want, freaking pebble. Like, like, like the saying says, you wish God would pull the buttons off your shirt so you could get that much closer to the ground. Yep. But, yeah. No, I don't. I, no, I remember I, I went to a convenience store yesterday, you know, and it was a hundred and stupid. <laughs> where I where I lived, and uh, the guy's like, "Man, it's hot." I'm like, "Yeah, I've had worse." He's like, "Yeah, Arizona." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, well, man." I'm, think, I'm thinking of like Baghdad, the summer of 2004, when it was uh, 135 and 40 degrees out in uh, the shade, and then uh, those those buildings just suck up that heat, suck yeah. up, soak up that sun towers, all day, and then radiate it all night yeah. long. That pizza ovens that we, those guard towers, Alamo 1 and 2. Yep. Oh, my God. Yeah. With a fucking tin roof and fucking 440 wiring, <laughs> like fucking bare wires touching each other. Like, don't, just don't touch it. Like, plug in whatever you need to, but be really careful <laughs> unplugging it. Hey, we wired up that. We wired up Alamo 1 pretty good. Yeah. I remember. Yeah. That's uh, why. That uh, power strip to a. Like extension cord, yeah. Then raw wires plugged into the outside of the bathroom. <laughs> they just built a duct tape over it. And then we had a fan plugged in. I remember. That's why I still to this day, I won't drink Corona unless I absolutely have to, because you guys had the South Africans there, yeah, that would get you guys yeah. booze and liquor. You just see, uh, you and would I just see the South Africans <laughs> push up a case of Corona to. <laughs> He'd give them so, money, and then the next day they'd deliver. I remember I got stuck in, which one was the, it was like the further north tower. Was that Alma 1? Yeah. Yeah. The one closer to the traffic circle. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. So Definitely I got one. stuck up there with one day when we got, when they disbanded my platoon and sent us over to you guys' squad, second squad. And uh, that was after you left. And it's me and up there. And he's like, oh, do you want to drink, man? I'm like, I don't fucking care. Like, it's so fucking hot. Because it was starting to get hot again, you know. Yeah. March time frame. February, March time frame. It was starting to get hot again during the day. Like, I don't fucking care, man. So he gets a case of Corona. And, of course, it's the same thing. You know, like, push it up there. And I'm like, oh, God. And, of course, it's like, it's not warm. It's fucking hot. 
It's hot Corona. <laughs> and I just remember being like, I really want some of that, but I don't want to have to like drink it to put it in my body. <laughs> Say the old West, you don't got to drink warm beer. <laughs> uh, and I did like, I had like three or four Corona's like over the course of that several hours. And to this day, like I cannot have a Corona unless it is like absolutely fucking teeth, cru- teeth crushing cold. Like, oh well, man, like oh, it just tastes like burnt tires and these, you know shit. <laughs> they used to go down and get me a miniature can of Pepsi and a like a half pint of Union Jack for like five bucks. Yeah, I remember that's the first time I ever had Johnny Walker, and that was like that. Uh, well. So the the housekeepers gave me this bottle of Johnny Walker Black Label. Yeah. Really smooth stuff. Yeah. And so, you know, I took it around site and gave everybody a shot. Yeah. And then uh, I handed it back to him. I'm like, look, I can't keep this with me. Will you just keep a hold of it? Yeah. And then, you know, a couple days go by. I'm like, I'll treat the guys again. And they're uh, like, hey, where's that... uh, Oh, brother, we <laughs> thought you did not like it, so <laughs> we, we got we, rid of it. It's like, all right, God bless you. So I remember. You used to go in the back of the breezeway yeah. to the stairs, and they had the refrigerator in there. Yeah. And they always, he had sodas and stuff, but he had tall boys of Heineken. Yeah. Yep. And Chance and I were sitting in there one day drinking a tall boy Heineken, and one of the house guys come out, and he's like, looks at us, leaves. He comes back a few minutes later with a bottle of wine. So whosoever house that was before it was the PMs had a wine cellar. Yeah. I got a bottle of wine out of that wine cellar. I mean, it was red. I don't remember what it was, but then we drank it like the last week we were there. We were training Michigan to take over. We oh, sat yeah, down yeah. in that breezeway, played cards, and <laughs> drank. We had a case of beer. We were trying to hide that from the Michigan guys and had that bottle of wine, but could have been the best bottle of wine of my whole life. Yeah. Could have been the most expensive shit I've ever drank. I don't know. He just came up from the wine store. I was like, "Here you go." Yeah, it's like, I remember. Well, you know the the main the head bodyguard took um, me in Ahmed. there. Ahmed. Yeah. He's like, "Hey, if you if you want something from the fridge, it's okay." All right, Ahmed. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, thanks to those tall boys, the uh, Heineken. Yeah, <laughs> but I remember one night, like, because you know people would bring us hot chow, which was great when we got into that rotation. Like, whoever was on the refit day, like, if it was your refit day, it was your job to go to the chow hall. Yeah, that's right. Draw out chow, and then you'd come. Take it out to take site. Take it out to site and drop it off, like a whole, you know, a team of guys on your refit, because you'd have one team on an off day. And I remember being up in Alamo, too, with, it was one of the other second platoon guys that got, you know, sent over to first platoon with me. And we're sitting up there, and Shane gets on the radio, and he's like, hey, Alamo, too, come up. To the roof and get your dessert. Like, <laughs> we just ate, man. Like it's the same shitty chow hall food. Like I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Like oh, we're good. And it's like no, come up to the roof and get your dessert. Like what the f- just fucking come up here. Like, okay, and fucking hike all the way down there, all the way around the back of the house. Up, Miller, like was that Miller draft night? <laughs> no, it was <laughs> like he had two solo cups. You know that were like they were like fucking half full of some sort of liquor. Like, here, dumbass, here's your fucking dessert. It was like, oh, yeah. why did you say that? I was really happy that Shane liked to drink. That <laughs> <laughs> was fortunate. Yep. He liked like, to drink a little too much sometimes. So, and, uh, so it was like, oh, okay. So then I got to like, 
carrying my rifle and two solo cups full of liquor like all the way back down the because there was like three or four sets of stairs oh, and they had yeah, to go through like those houses they just like built onto and built onto weird additions and shit and it was so fucked up trying to get all the way up to the road. That was road. a long took, walk from two up to the top. It took of you like five minutes to get all the way up to the top oh, of the yeah. building up to Alamo Base. Poor old, poor old had, he, he had the squirts. Yeah. And had to get down off the roof down to the crapper and didn't make it. Swipe <laughs> made that chair with a hole in it. Yeah. Shit to the bucket with a <laughs> liner in it. Yep. But he, uh, fortunately for he had on had all the thick. Polypros. Yeah, <laughs> they absorb <Ed>. most of everything. <laughs> we talked about Ed when he in the other episode with Jason when he was, dropped his flashlight in the was, shitter. Oh god! That, so <laughs> when they were talking, like that's one of the things. Like who was that? And I'm like, that's fucking. <laughs> I know who that was. Yep, that was great. Yep. <laughs> Fuck it, man. Flashlight. Fuck that. Like I'll get a new one. Fuck it. Yeah. It ain't worth it. And getting the blue arm for that. All right, everybody. Thank you so much. That was episode 13, which I'm calling Distracted. And it was also kind of a continuation of the uh, Boys in Baghdad episodes. We talked a lot about uh, some stuff that Shannon wasn't there for the first two episodes with those guys. He was on call. Didn't make it for that episode. So I just want to throw out real quick some quick corrections. Uh, The first island the Marines were on in World War II was Guadalcanal, if I'm not mistaken. I fucked that up earlier, and the Marines are going to have my ass in the comments if I don't straighten that out. Second, the doctrine that Martin Luther posted to the door of the church was the 95 Theses, 95 Thesis, however you want to call that. Uh, This is the Doored Up Podcast. I love you guys. Come find us on Instagram at the Doored Up Podcast. Uh, Our theme songs are Wonder by Hazy and In the Land of Rhinoplasty by the Jingle Punks. I love you guys so much. Make sure you come back. Buckle up. Everybody stay safe. Stay safe. Sorry. Stay frosty. I love you. See you on the next one.